the blast from our past network. Codrite! Codrite! Hello, Newman. This is so f***ing good! No soup for you! These pretzels are making me thirsty! Not that there's anything wrong with that. Serenity now! He's a re-gifter! Well, let's start the insanity. Giddy up. Welcome to Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. We are two super fans giving you every single episode of Seinfeld back to back because we love Seinfeld. You love Seinfeld. It's season six, baby. I'm Adam. And I'm Corey. And it's not just Seinfeld. We're also doing Curb Your Enthusiasm. <laughs> That's right. We're very, very excited. Uh, if you guys didn't hear in our season five wrap up episode um we'll tell you now and that is we have started a patreon exclusive series that we're calling cartwright presents curb your enthusiasm and very similar to this show we are going episode by episode on a monthly basis currently uh each each month will be a new episode of curb your enthusiasm and we've already got the first episode up that's right, Larry David Colon, Curb Your Enthusiasm, the HBO special. And uh, unlike Seinfeld, I have never actually seen Curb Your Enthusiasm. And Adam, you haven't seen it quite as much. No. Uh, or, or as Seinfeld, you have seen it all the way through, but not quite There's as much. There's not much I've seen as much as Seinfeld, yeah, though, so exactly. that's kind of unfair. But I have seen uh, seasons one through eight. Okay, and so so the dynamic is a little bit different. So for me, it's a bit more of a discovery uh, thing. So that's fun because I'm also seeing some ties into. I mean, even in the the very first HBO special, I started seeing like ties into Seinfeld. So yep. I am super excited for finally diving into Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yep, that's very exciting. So if you guys want to check it out, head on over to our Patreon. It's Patreon.com/slash/Cartwright. Uh, you can. Pick the tier that includes the Curb Show, and um, then you're supporting us. And you also get, we usually do the plug later, but, you know, we'll plug now. Uh, on top of that, you also get everything in our back catalog. You're supporting us. Everything, all of our episodes ad-free, which is a huge thing for people. If they're tired of hearing us put in uh, plugs for other stuff, you won't have that. You'll just enjoy <laughs> Curb. You'll get an extra show, and you'll get, uh, you know, ad-free Cartwright, which is awesome. It's a, it's a lot of content, guys, so we really appreciate all the love and support we already have on there, and uh, you all have been great. So hopefully you all enjoy Curb as well. Very cool. All right, but this is the show about Seinfeld, so we are going to talk Seinfeld, and today we are talking The Chaperone, Season 6, Episode 1. It first aired on September 22nd, 1994. Corey, my man, could you give us that synopsis? Of course I can. The Chaperone. When Jerry lands a date with a Miss America contestant, Kramer volunteers to chaperone. Mr. Pitt hires Elaine to be his personal assistant. George encourages Yankee management to make the team jerseys from cotton. All right. A lot of stuff happening in this episode. And per usual, to start it all off, we have got a stand-up on baseball. I always wondered why baseball is so associated with sex. He's playing the field. Oh, he scored. Oh, he didn't get to first base. I struck out. Why? She wanted a diamond. It's always about baseball. Always baseball. As far as baseball goes, I prefer the fat umpires. <laughs> I like that. Uh, I feel if you're on the field and you're not in the game, you should be in the worst physical condition of a, a human being could possibly be in. They should be allowed to eat during the game. We're a little too into sports in this country. 
I think we got to throw throttle it back a little bit. Know what I mean? People come home from these games. We won. We won. No, they won. You watched. And how appropriate that we're, that we are recording this right after the Super Bowl. And yeah. I just got to say, first off, I loved every aspect of this stand-up. But specifically the last part, I am not a huge sports <laughs> yeah. fan. And I'll watch football. I love my Ravens and everything. But, guys, when your team wins and you lose your mind and you destroy a city and you eat, like, horse shit because your team won, <laughs> your priorities are out of whack because you had nothing to do with that team winning. Um. All right. I'm unless a sports, I'm a unless bigger sports the, fan. Hold than on. You. Unless you're the ninth ninth man, and you did, and you're in the stadium, and you did cause the football team to miss the clock yeah. because that is the only time. And I have been there for that, and I do feel a sense of accomplishment from that. Otherwise, if you're at your home, if you're at home, how are you contributing to? Um, how can you take any part of this? Also, it's the twelfth man, not the ninth man. Sorry, um, yeah, because exactly. obviously, you, you're, again, you don't, you just don't know sports, buddy, like I do. Uh, yeah, yes, you know, you're not physically doing anything, but sport teams, you know, when they know that they have a town rallying behind them, um, it's, it's, I don't know, there, there's something special about it. And I played a lot of sports growing up, and so. You know, you, you feel there is a camaraderie with sports and watching sports. Now, I totally agree with Seinfeld on this, on his aspect, on Jerry's comment that we're going too far uh, with some of the stuff. And, yeah, I absolutely agree with you on, like, the writing and things like that is idiotic. Um, you know, get, just get party and drunk and have fun and, and fuck. Like, that's what I say. <laughs> like, just have a good time, baby. But, but the one thing when I do watch football, one thing that I am ultimately very fascinated by is is momentum. It's it's an X mm-hmm. factor that 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 you can't put any sort of like anything on it because there's no physical way to say but like you know when your team has momentum, yep. they make the catches, they make the runs, they do everything right and I know that you've played sports competitively before. You when you feel that momentum shifting in your favor, you can feel it, right? Like you can literally mm-hmm. feel the energy basically in your in your oh. behalf on that, right? 100%. I mean, it and is And it's a real thing, isn't it? Well, yeah, I mean, it, absolutely. I mean, it gets adrenaline pumping, which Adrenaline gives you extra energy. It gives you extra strength. It gives you extra you, you think you know, quicker. You, you stamina, look, all yeah. that exactly. And so when you get a whole team with that hit, then it's there's something working. And then absolutely, I've had other times when you're just not feeling it. Cold. And everybody yeah. sucks. I've had so I was I was a hockey goalie for a long time, and I was decent. I was very decent. Um, but I had games where I would just have kick ass momentum, and my my adrenaline's going, and I would shut out everything out. You know, I'd, I'd shut out all the goals and everything was feeling good. And then I'd have other ones. I mean, everybody, this is ups and downs. But, like, you let one bad goal in and then you just start fucking up because you're just, like, now you're, you're shot and, and you're questioning everything, how you're doing yeah. it. And then, like, but before you know the end of the game, you've let in ten fucking goals or something. And it's yeah. – it's it's awful. Yeah. No, that, that I I do find all of that very interesting. I guess it, it too at the end of the day, like you didn't do anything. I have respect for the athletes that put in the hard work and the insane amount yeah. of effort that it takes to get to that level. You're t- I feel like you're taking it away. You didn't do shit on your couch. Just like <laughs> the athletes did it all. But anyways, but yeah. The, the the bit is funny. I agree. Yeah. I liked the bit. Um, and that kind of had like the three different elements to it. It had like the sexual aspect in the fort, which is kind of funny. It does. Yeah, it's one hundred percent true. He's just calling out the, you know, uh, the weird observation as to why they are linked. Um, and then yeah, the fat umpire joke is just kind of <laughs> funny and just. And then he transitions it to, um, the last one, which is you know being a part of the team but not a part of the team kind yeah. of thing. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, they're all th- and the tie being baseball with all of it. But uh, yeah, and, and I it, agree. Solid and it does up. seem like, and it does seem like that that like baseball umpires are the only refs that that can be fat because obviously eh. with football they got to be they run around. Yeah, and everything. I've seen some fat ass footballers, <laughs> uh, football umpires. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, well, hey, this is probably the longest we've talked about one of Jerry's standups. So that was <laughs> uh, that was fun. Yeah. All right. Uh, so let's get into the rest of the scenes, and we start off. In the Yankees locker room, George is um, air quoting here, quote unquote, helping Danny Tartable with his swing. Danny Tartable, a legit Yankees baseball player. He says, he mentions that he's kind of hot in his uniform, which gets George kind of thinking, figuring out what the heck's going on. He looks at the what it's made from, and it's polyester, not cotton. George is like, oh, you know, I don't, he's offended, honestly, by this. Um, <laughs> Well, I look, I like and the, I like how when he's reaching for the tag, like he doesn't actually ask Tartable. No. He just goes for it, you know, like a, like a mom. And, and even Tartable's trying to like shoo him away, but he's like, yeah. no, 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 just let me do it. And then I like eventually he just lets him do it. I like that. Well, George, I don't know how long he's been at the Yankees at this point. They yeah. don't really bring it on, but he has gotten too comfortable too quickly. You can yeah. just kind of tell. He's immediately very comfortable. It's easy, even when he's like, you know, slapping Tartable on the butt on the way out. <laughs> when he leaves, it's like, that's a baseball move. And that's kind of reserved for just the players and the manager like that's it i'm yeah. sorry you don't you don't do that um now i don't re- really remember doing much of that in not in hockey it's not a thing not really in rugby it wasn't a thing and those were my two main sports as i got older and i played baseball up until i was about 12 but i don't think we were touching each other's boy asses at 12 <laughs> yeah i mean i always thought that the only reason they did it was that was kind of like the place that didn't have any padding on it like in hockey you got padding everywhere yeah. so like they you wouldn't even feel it if someone padded you on the butt yeah but i just i don't know in baseball you have no padding anywhere <laughs> that's true um, that's true but i, I whatever <laughs> it's just a thing i i i don't really get the butt pat personally but if it's a thing it's a thing hey so. I, I, i'm kind of with you man i never quite understood it but i'm I, i'm not i just assume it's because i'm not a sports guy but it's funny how you are a sports guy and you don't yeah. get it so i'm like okay well yeah yeah uh but here we've definitely set up that uh, there's confident george right now yeah. he's uh, he's he's you know He's directed his, you know, his gaze and his sights at defixing one problem, but he's so confident that his way is right, <laughs> and something's going to fall. Of course it is. It <laughs> has to. It. it has to. All right. So in the stands of the game, we see Jerry and Elaine, and I'm not even going to talk anymore because I know what you want to say. <laughs> and Elaine is wearing her Baltimore Orioles cap. I freaking love it. Yeah, of course, because guess what? She, she's from Maryland. I didn't yeah. know that. Wait, but why does that matter, Corey? Because I'm from Maryland. If this, oh, is, if this wow. is the first episode of Cartwright that you're listening to, well, when you go check out our Patreon page and listen to all the back episodes, you'll hear me say that a million times. But yeah, I'm from Maryland. She's Her character is from Maryland, which is fantastic. Yeah. So. More specifically, Towson, which is where I went to college. <laughs> Which is more specifically outside of Baltimore. (laughs) I was waiting for the Townsend to to come on. All right. So some Miss American contestants come down uh, and they're sitting at the game. They kind of have an announcer thing and they're sitting right pretty much next to Jerry and Elaine. And they're in three of the God awful, most ugliest dresses I've ever seen. It's like the stylist, the wardrobe person for the episode was like, well, I don't want to spend. We're out of budget. So we're just going to use some of, Elaine's hideous like flower dresses and we're just gonna have them wear that yeah and it's 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 awful like I don't remember if that was the style it must have been in that time but it just looks it looked terrible yeah 
Yeah, no, it did. It really did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jerry's obviously intrigued because there's a couple Miss America beauty pageant winners or beauty, Miss America beauty pageant contestants uh, sitting next to him. So um, Elaine needs to go make a call because she's trying to get uh, – she's got an interview to take uh, Jackie Onassis's old position uh, at Doubleday Publishing. So she gets up about to head over to, to make the call, and people immediately start complaining around her that they can't see. And my only issue is that didn't seem very plausible to me. I get it if she was standing there for a long time trying to do something, but literally she stood up half a second later, they started booing at her. I honestly, I didn't, I had the same thought you did at the beginning, but then after watching the episode and talking about it now, I think all of this was used to illustrate that she has no grace. Oh, maybe. Okay. All right, like, I'll like allow just, that. Because I was like, why How is she, to tie she's, that? she's tripping over, like, Jerry. I'm like, it was mm-hmm. it was more of a to-do than it kind of needed to be. And I'm like, okay, I think it was just there to illustrate her lack of grace, especially since okay. she, like, can't step over Jerry, you know? Yeah, all right, I'll, I'll allow that. Good call. Nice. So uh, Jerry then flirts with Miss Rhode Island, who is the closest one to him, uh, which I will straight up say I always thought she looked too old and as harsh as it sounds not beautiful enough to be a beauty pageant winner uh when i've watched this show before or this episode before yeah yeah i i don't i don't want to make it sound chauvinistic and everything but it's going to come out that way and we're just you know i'm just going to be honest and i'm with you i felt she was probably a smidge too like realistically a smidge too old and not that hot, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. That makes me sound really bad, but it's exactly. true. I just didn't find her that attractive. That was a season five thing to talk about because that was a season of sleaze. This is the season of class, as we've talked about. <laughs> That's right? true. That's true. I will say that that Jerry's flirt game is very strong. I It was at, very strong. At first, I was like, okay, it's funny because like how the escalation on Jerry and George's girlfriends just keep getting like hotter and hotter. And it's like, and now Jerry's just straight up dating Miss American pageant yeah. contestants. But but at the same time, he earned it with that with the, that pickup line. He did really well in that opening conversation. He did absolutely. He said he doesn't want to. He, he can't get taller. Ha yeah. ha ha! <laughs> just, just, just a silly off the cuff joke. Obviously, yeah. he's a comedian. It worked well. Um, so I did want to say, I pretty much up until this episode, or doing this episode of Car Ride with You, did I think, yeah, she's she just looks too old and not beautiful enough. But I went and I checked out the winners of Miss America. And I would say during like that early mid '90s era, era, I look at the other winners and I'm like, oh, she's not really not that far off. Hmm. She's honestly not. Hmm. And so maybe that was just a <laughs> harsh as it sounds, a downtime uh, for the Miss America <laughs> because you get some of like some of the '80s and some of like the even like earlier stuff, and there's just some of the women are mind-blowingly gorgeous, and some of the later ones too. But some of the other people I've looked at, and I'm just like, you won. A beauty pageant contest? I'm not so sure about that. Right, but uh, but I'm an asshole. I don't know. I, that sounds re- obviously sounds harsh, and I'm sorry. I'm gonna I'm gonna sip some of my nice red wine that I have. Try and grace myself up, if you will, and and, <laughs> and get get the class going. I gotta. I, I'm trying to drink uh, wine this season as opposed to whiskey because that was sleaze. This is class, all right. <laughs> and I love how we didn't even like like know that that the whole Mr. Pitt was going to be in this episode when mm. we started proclaiming the season of class was coming yeah. in season six. So I love how this is this is the beginning and, and the whole thing about Grace with Elaine and everything. And guys and gals, we are struggling to keep it classy. <laughs> yeah, well. We're not going to, man. I we, know. The thing is, we have no grace. We have no you grace. You and I have no, no grace, and, and we can't have some grace either. Like it's just not. That's just not for us. So. 
We yes, no, we're the worst, guys. Yeah, we're the worst. We're the worst. So I think uh, season of uh, class or season of grace or whatever. It's, it's ended. Is, it's over. It's done. It's already all right. We've killed it. Fif- uh, Fifteen minutes into the season. <laughs> yeah, uh, that actress uh, who plays Miss Rhode Island slash Karen is played by um, Marguerite or Margaret. Uh, McIntyre. She's been in The Vampire Diaries, Kyle XY, if you remember that short-lived I, CW I, show. I the saw, guy with no belly button. Yeah, I saw it. I was like, <laughs> That's I was all I remember. At, I was no looking at her button. credits and I was like, you know, I was going to say on the show, the only thing I know her from is Kyle XY, but I was like, no one's going to know that. And, yeah. then, and, and then Adam's probably going to make fun of me, so I'm going to just leave that alone. And yeah. I love the fact that you bring it up. Yeah, dude, that's the only thing I know her from. That's, yeah. Uh, she was also in Red Dragon apparently as well, sure. but I think just a small bit. I, I didn't see that one because I believe, man, Hunter is the true uh, uh, okay. Red Dragon. I, I don't like that reboot thing that they did. Did yeah, you ever but, see the original one? The the, the very yeah, very I saw first Manhunter. One? Yeah, yeah, I have. But at the same time, Anthony Hopkins is Hannibal Lecter, and so when you go back, and I think it was what Brian Cox. I know, but um, I I kind of I kind of extremely love Brian Cox. So oh, he's a great like actor. if it was literally somebody else in there, I'd be like, yeah, you're right. But because it's Brian Cox, I'm like, you know what? I take Brian Cox over Anthony Hopkins. I don't know. That's just me. I love him. Interesting. I, I love him, dude. Wow. I love Brian Cox One so One of the much. best villains of movie history, and you're like, yeah, I like the other guy. I never really kind of really cared about Hannibal <laughs> Lecter, to be honest with you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, Brian Cox, I don't want to say I think he is, he is yeah. obviously phenomenal. Fucking love Super Troopers, man. He's great Super Troopers. Yeah, well, he does all, all this, all, everything. Yeah. I mean, he has that... Um, that show on HBO, I can't remember for the, the life of me, Succession. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. That's been really good. Yeah. I mean, he's really strong um, in shows like that. He was in Troy. I love him. He's kind of ridiculous in Troy, but <laughs> Troy, the movie itself, yeah. is ridiculous. It was, but, yeah. Is but Brian Cox, great, great actor. So, Hey, everybody. Corey here. I just wanted to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages. Hey everybody, it's your two favorite podcast hosts, Adam and Corey from Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast, and we have something very exciting to tell you about. That's right. We have decided to take on not just Seinfeld, but also Curb Your Enthusiasm, exclusive to our Patreon feed. So that means every single month we go episode by episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. And the fun thing is, I've never seen Curb Your Enthusiasm before, so I am super excited to go down this road with you, Adam. But even better, when you join at the Curb Your Enthusiasm tier, you also unlock the complete back catalog of Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast, totally ad-free. So you get Seinfeld, you get Curb, and you get Adam and Corey. What else could you want? I don't know, maybe to dip my bald head in oil and rub it all over your body? Uh, I'm sorry, Corey, that's another tier. We're not ready for that yet. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. All right, well, now back to Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. And now, back to the show. All right, at the apartment, George is just kind of gushing that Jerry gets to date uh, Miss Rhode Island. And, you know, but Jerry's trying to find out, you know, to go on this date, and he has to... Go with go with a chaperone, which obviously bothers him. Yeah. So George, uh, at this point, vows to change the uniform. He's definitely going to do it to Cotton. And I do love how Jerry kind of makes a funny look and mutters to himself, oh, this is going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. He just kind of <laughs> says that to himself, which is, I mean, he's just acting as... The viewer. The voice. It's, the viewer, it's kind of, exactly. It's kind yeah. of meta, you know, because at this point, I mean, we're season six. They know what they are. They know what their popularity is and everything. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it, it almost felt kind of meta, which worked really, really well. It did. It did. Uh, at the interview, the interviewer, uh, I can't remember the lady's name, but 
she is just going on about Jackie Onassis's grace. And, you know, while Elaine, uh, Elaine obviously seems nervous, but they have a really good, I love their conversation. Here. Yeah, I feel like yeah. it's very Elaine classic where they're talking about, you know, Oh, I might have a little grace and this bitch of a woman. I don't, yeah. I was, I yeah. wanted to say a harsher word, but <laughs> I'll just say that um, is like, Oh, you can't just have a little grace. You, you know, you either have grace or don't have grace and you can't acquire grace. And I'm like, well, how the fuck can anybody ever get grace? You don't, it's not, you're just born with it. Motherfucker. Like that doesn't make any damn sense. Yeah. Um, Cause then, you know, no one has any hope. That's right. Yeah, I know what you mean. And <laughs> I love Elaine just eventually just gets fed up with it. And she just basically says, yeah. fuck you, essentially, you know? Yes. <laughs> and then it's like, yeah. I didn't get the job today. She's like, not in a million no. years. Nope. Yes, the interview does not go well. Uh, but on the way out, Mr. Pitt comes up, who is apparently a friend of Jackie O's. And, you know, he kind of, you know, a well-to-do guy. He t- Even this lady he just kind of like says, I don't know what your job is here, but take care of this for me. Uh, so he's obviously an important person. I do like, I love, I love that little conversation that Elaine talks about the Onassis's. How do yeah. you say it? That's, that's a hard way to say, but. Um, <laughs> yeah, Ona- Onassis's. <laughs> and she yeah. kind of like trails off, confused mm-hmm. at herself. I was like, yep. oh man, Mr. Pitt. I, you know, I feel like we knew he was coming this season. Um, and yeah. I don't, I never loved Mr. Pitt as much as I love like, like Jay Peterman or something. But oh, Pitt, yeah, Pitt, yeah, Peterman takes it yeah, off. But Pitt's, Pitt's are still a great character though. And for exactly for the short amount of time he's on, he's. Yeah. really only has like two or three episodes i think yeah i, I was kind of just thinking about that as as the words were coming out of my mouth and i'm like so when do we actually see jay peterman because i don't feel like is it going to be this season because i don't think Pitt's going to be around too too long so because there's only there's not a particularly long period of time where elaine doesn't have a job right um, and so this is kind of in that period where and then after the pit stuff she's going to be hunting and i'm pretty sure peterman's going to come pretty soon i'm pretty sure too yeah yeah. So uh, what I didn't mention, Mr. Pitt is played by Ian Abercrombie. Um, he's a solid actor. He's been in a bunch of stuff for me. I'll definitely remember he was the voice of um, Palpatine mm. on Star Wars, the the Clone Wars TV show for oh, a good while. Did Okay. Okay. I didn't, I did not know that. That's really freaking cool. I think Sam Witwer did Palpatine's voice in Rebels. And then when they got Ian McDermott there for Revenge of the uh, um, Rise of Skywalker, they actually, while he was on set, they just had him re-record all the Rebels dialogue, which is a shame because yes. I thought Sam Witwer did a great job as as Palpatine. Um, but obviously, Ian McDermott, it rocks. But I did yes. not know that Mr. Pitt was Palpatine's voice in The Clone Wars. That is awesome yeah. that makes so actually they, is super awesome in my book he he had 29 episodes um but he passed away in 2012 yeah so he couldn't he couldn't do all the episodes they added they had tim curry do it for a little bit as well oh, okay and when you're watching because i watched the show pretty recently yeah and when they had the tim curry ones i was like whoa that's just too tim curry um i couldn't handle that one but to me the clone wars sound voice of ian abercrombie was perfect yeah. I, well he was well perfect when it's not um Ian McDermott, yeah, who's yeah, amazing. Exactly. <laughs> who is? Yeah, exactly. And then, and of course, anytime I see uh, Mr. Abercrombie in anything, I immediately think of, hey, that's Mr. Pitt. Yes, I'm sure he got that a lot. Yeah. So, uh, all right. Oh, but when uh, Elaine turns around and Mr. Pitt sees her for the first time, she's wearing like this scarf and these big glasses. It looks a lot like how we've seen pictures of Jackie O. Yeah. And so that's that's kind of what. Oh, he's kind of infatuated by her at this point. When did she pass away? I guess early 90s. I mean, obviously before, you know, this episode, but like, 
It was fairly. No, I, I don't think, think it was. I don't think it was before this episode. Oh, I thought because she, I think she was just left. Oh, okay. I she left she the uh, the publishing. She she probably retired. Oh, never mind. It probably was around this episode. She died in 1994, May May 19th of 1994. Okay. 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 So yeah. So she probably did did die. Yeah. Uh, it probably was. They were probably playing on that. Uh, I really didn't know. I I don't give a fuck about the Kennedys. I don't give a fuck about Jackie O. I don't give a fuck about any of those people. I'm no. sorry. That's just my little rant. Like people freak out of it because they're like the. Um, the royal, you know, American royalty kind of yeah. stuff. But like, I don't care about them, no. and so I never really gave a shit. No. And like, when people freak out about the British royalty people, I'm like, fuck off! I don't care about Meghan Markle. I don't care about Kate Upton. Not Kate Upton. Kate Middleton. I don't care about. I, mean, I care about Kate Upton. <laughs> I can tell you. Um, <laughs> but just in general, you know, all that stuff. I I cannot stand them. I, I I'm not gonna mention names. I'm not gonna get into too much details. But I had a friend who was a part of, I guess, the the Kennedy family um in college when i was in towson uh and i think one of the reasons we were friends or she and i became friends is because when i found out she was a kennedy i was like okay i don't i don't care <laughs> you know and i think she was like yeah. oh that's that's nice that's refreshing yeah good on the phone jerry is upset because the chaperone can't make it so he may not be able to go on the date kramer comes in right after that and he is like okay hey i'll i'll do the chaperone he also we also find out he's very into pageants and the Miss America pageant. He seems to know his shit. Uh, I do like he even calls out like, oh, who are you dating uh, from what state? And Jerry's like, oh, Rhode Island. He's like, Rhode Island's never in contention, (laughs) which is funny because I did look it up and Rhode Island has never won. So he he knows his stuff. (laughs) And it's funny because it's so clearly like a reason to give Kramer something to do in this episode but mm-hmm. any other show, it wouldn't work. But because it's Kramer, you totally yeah. buy it. You're like, yeah, sure. He's totally into pageants. That's his thing. Why not? Because it's Kramer. And it works really, really well. It does. Absolutely. I, I couldn't see it working with most any of the other characters. I couldn't see it, obviously, with a George um, or like a Newman or a lot of the other side characters. Maybe a Frank, because Frank is almost as eccentric as Kramer. Yeah. But that's about it. Yeah. So, but but it being Kramer, he can be into anything, and you just you allow it because it's, it's fucking Kramer. It's yeah, it works, man. It works, yeah. and it's and it gives him great work to do this episode. Yeah, absolutely. All right, uh, Pitt and Elaine are at Monks, and um, you know he tells Elaine, "Oh, good, bring back the Grace talk," and she's all just kind of like, and she's not looking graceful. No, she's, she's like looking... bent over, like sipping her soda out of a straw, but like the the cup is still on the table, so she's like yeah. bending forward to do it like a child. I, she, yes. I mean, this this whole thing was great. I love this interaction right here. Yeah, I mean, and there are kind of more of like the tie-ins of her being a child, which we'll get later with the call mm-hmm. from Jerry. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it absolutely has that. And uh, you know, he offers her a job as his personal assistant. I also like that he says he'll pay her the same about that he pay that she got paid at Pendant. Yeah, it's like, damn. All right, that is that's baller. Did did I miss something? But like, do we know yet why Mr. Pitt is so rich? Does he own that company? Like in that conversation with her doing the interview, I know she gets introduced to Mr. Pitt, but I don't really like remember. Like, I know she the, the lady said something, but I can't put my finger on like. Do we know right now why he's just so rich that he can afford Uh-oh. this? All I remember the other lady saying is that he was a close personal friend of Jackie O's. Yeah. I, she did not say this is the owner of the company. She did yeah. not make okay. He didn't seem to have any tie in with Doubleday Publishing other than he knew Jackie O. So he was there all the time and he was probably he's probably very well to do. Okay. That's all I got. OK, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. 
and it's someone that they want to keep happy or else why else would that person he, he might be accept- like a benefactor of of yeah, the, the, the publisher whatever where she's at maybe you know? he's on like the board of directors yeah. or okay. you know uh, the ch- you know something like that a lot of those companies always have like boards and people on that he could totally be on that without being it- you know, uh, someone else involved in the company, especially companies that employ people like yeah. Jackie Onassis. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right. Um, at the Yankees offices, George talks to Buck Showalter, who was the actual Yankees manager uh, and mentioned, I do love his little side comment. George <laughs> asked, Hey, what's going on? He's like, well, nothing, you know, Tartable's got a problem with his swing all of a sudden. <laughs> Great, was, just a small little callback. It was so good, especially because a, he nailed it. Like as like someone who's not an actor, he lived delivered that piece of dialogue perfectly, and it was hilarious. He was like, "Hey, what's going?" On? He's like, "Yeah, nothing." He's like, "There's a, there's a problem with Tartable Swing, but you know, whatever." I was like, "That's great. That is a perfect callback to the beginning." Because we as the audience knows it's George's fault. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's great. But yeah, Buck has no idea. Yeah, <laughs> it's great. and maybe a little bit of foreshadowing that there, you know, George is causing more havoc with the Yankees than mm-hmm. uh, than he thinks he is. Yep. Uh, and here, George convinces uh, Showalter to swap to cotton uniforms to push for that. Now, do you think we are starting season six and we have two? Yankee, but Yankee actual a player and a manager on. Do you feel Seinfeld is throwing their weight a little bit now that they are this popular of a show that they can actually get real Yankees for the show? Well, they got real people before with the boyfriend. Yeah, but Keith Hernandez was retired. Oh, oh, okay, um, that, okay, that's a difference. All right, th- these guys were actually active at the time. I feel like they are. I, I guess my biggest question to you is. What did did George joining the Yankees? Was that something that they just did and asked Yankees if they could do it, or do mm. you think this was some kind of greater tie-in to mm. that the Yankees said, you know what, Seinfeld takes place in New York, um, you know, like we we need to increase our presence. I don't know why that would be the case, but you know, they, somebody figured that this would be a good tie-in, and then something happened. Did, like, you know what I mean? Is that yeah. the case? I don't know. Maybe, maybe they're just trying to. I mean, it's getting it's getting bigger. That's for sure. Seinfeld is getting grander right already with this season. I feel. But I mean, I mean, this is season. I mean, we're we're balls deep into Seinfeld being a cultural phenomenon at this point. Yeah, this but is, there's like but it's there's not gonna a, find it's not gonna find like its its height after the show's over or something. Like it yeah, it uh, lives in its height. But there's there is there's a point where some sitcoms start throwing their weight around and bring in these guest appearances mm-hmm. yeah yes they had keith hernandez he'd been pretty much retired for a couple years at that point um but you're not but wrong because start... in next episode there's going to be another baseball player correct well i don't know he's is that guy real was that guy real or not he's not i was gonna gotcha. save okay. it for next okay. episode okay. but you screwed it you screwed the pooch <laughs> uh not a real one okay um but i don't know i don't know i'm just curious about because it, it makes me think I, I watched golden girls not too long ago okay um, during like a lot of the, the COVID, you know, pandemic or just kind of lockdown and some stuff like that. I, you and you I don't, you through. don't need to justify why you watch golden girls. Golden girls I, is a dude, fantastic show. Phenom- show. I, know, well, I know. Nominal. But it, at one point, golden girls definitely jumped the shark and okay. they started and not, this is me not saying Seinfeld has jumped the shark, but there was a point where they started bringing in some of these big name guest people like Sonny Bono was on an episode. They had, um, uh, Enrique Iglesias' father, Julio Iglesias, mm. for an episode as well, and they were playing themselves. Yeah. And so it was just like, this is weird and doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Not to say this doesn't make sense because they set up George working for the Yankees here, but it just feels like they're like, okay, we can get some of these even bigger names now. 
I, I, mean, I don't know. No, I, I, I think you're right. I'm curious. Yeah, where, I'm, I'm curious just as much as you are, like where it started. Where, where does the, where did this partnership start? Because obviously, like the Yankees, I don't think like Buck and Tartable are like, like their agents just got them this game. Like the Yankees yeah. probably like lent them out, right? Like the Yankees probably ink the deal. I imagine it's very similar in the way that that um, you know Vince McMahon kind of has his fingers in like all the movies that even like like other actors like the wrestlers do mm-hmm. and stuff you yeah. know like i mean kane is in that is in that horror movie you know see no evil it was like yes. 10 years ago but but he was in that and like in the opening credits is like you know this is a wwe production you know it's like mm-hmm. okay like where where is yankees fingers where's steinbrenner's fingers in the show because at the same time does he okay are, is it under the parody clause? Like, are they allowed to utilize all these Yankee iconography? Does this fall under the parody clause? No, no way, certainly not. Right. So this, this is, is not that's fa- this is not fair use. Yeah. They absolutely they they would have to get permission. But but, but Steinbrenner using Steinbrenner like that that's that can a parody, be a parody. I yeah, think because yeah. okay because oh, you're not showing his face. Well, I mean, even if you showed somebody playing him or whatnot. Um, but if I mean, if they got permission to use the actor, but like they're uh, that's an obvious parody. Otherwise, here they're not using the Yankees' name and the Yankees' brand as like a as a parody situation. It's but, certainly not. But it's it, I mean it's also interesting to me because it is something like my mom and my dad ask like how do you guys make money use like doing something that's talking about an intellectual property that's not yours and I'm like well I think that falls under the parody clause I think parody covers a lot of stuff. Well, so fair use is okay, what the fair, clause is. Okay, gotcha. Um, parody is when you are specifically like, Weird Al yeah. doesn't have to get permission to make any of the songs that he parodies. He does because he's Weird Al, but he doesn't have to. And, so why, why don't we have covered. to get permission from Sa- Jerry Seinfeld himself to do this show? So we don't because ours falls under criticism. Oh. Criticism and news broadcast style okay. stuff is also under fair use. Okay. And so when you are critiquing something, you don't have to get credit or you don't have to get, you know, anything to talk about them or to say like, hey, gotcha. we are talking about Seinfeld. Now, if we are using a whole bunch of clips for some stuff, particu- there, there's a murky. little bit more gray. Yeah. That's great murky. And, and particularly if we are just playing like um, you know, clips and not even talking about them and we're just using them for a funny stuff, if you're not if you're yeah. not talking about the clip at all and it's just use for the you know, joke or something yeah. effect or whatever, then you're 100% ripping off somebody's okay. material and you're going to have to pay something, you know, or just pray you don't get caught. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Ask, ask for forgiveness later. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's, that makes so. sense because yeah, uh, you know, Siskel and Ebert and whatnot, they, they didn't have to, they don't have to get permission to no. review the movie. Um, okay. Okay. Good. Yeah. Good point. I, I never quite and, knew what to say, you know, to and my news, parents and newscasts about don't have to say, don't have to check like, Hey, this movie is coming out and yeah. here's this buzz or other stuff. It's, it's fully under fair use when it comes to that. Okay. Now there are other gray areas yeah. of where like newscast and Siskel and Ebert, they're all owned by multi conglomerates that also own movie theaters that then also kind of like give them movies yeah. to talk about <laughs> and say, Hey, you got to talk about this one, talk about it in a good light. And it's like, so there's some of the bullshit corruptness in media, but we're not bullshit or corrupt here. We say it like it is at Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. I That's right. That. Be- because the only money we take are the money from our fans. So we don't have yep. any adver- advertisement money coming in. So we are not beholden to anybody else, but us and you guys. 
By the way, we are taking advertising money. If anybody <laughs> wants to do it, we will gladly take your money and pitch whatever you want. If you want us to be drinking Sobe Life Water this entire time and saying, man, I'm not drinking wine. I feel so much better drinking Sobe Life Water. If you work for them, we will gladly take your money and pitch it. <laughs> what Adam said, I agree with 100%. <laughs> All right. We have no grace. Uh, we have no soul. We and are, we are sleazy absolutely... as fuck. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That's why no one would want to advertise with us, man. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Be that would be bad for their brand. Uh, all right. At the apartment, yeah, we've had some tangents. At the apartment, Elaine and Jerry talk about her new job and just you know that she's a personal assistant, which does kind of suck. She's at the whim of Mr. Pitt and whatever he wants her to do, including getting him some socks. Yeah. And that's something she has to do right now, which is just kind of demeaning for her. You know, someone who's been an editor and you know done you know done some good work. Um, now she's having to get socks for somebody. Yeah. So. And I had fun uh, looking at the movies on Jerry's like oh. movie shelf behind him. Uh-huh. And uh, two of them stuck out to me. One was Arachnophobia. Do you remember that movie with John I, Goodman? I've absolutely, I've noticed, not even that, I've noticed Arachnophobia on his shelf yeah. before. And, and it's like, a fantastic film. Yeah. It is one of the best like comedy horrors out there. It, it is, yeah, it is a very, very good comedy horror. Um, and then he also has Child Play, Child's Play 2. So my thing uh. is, is Jerry Seinfeld the, the character? Is he a mm-hmm. horror movie fan? I mean, he specifically owns those VHSs. I'm yeah. assuming they're VHSs at that time. Yeah, they're yeah, they're definitely VHSs. Um, he, I mean, you got to be to own Child's Play two and to own Arachnophobia. Yeah, you've you've got to like it. I would imagine so. So hey, good yeah. for good for Jerry. Yeah, very cool. You know, I'd you know it'd be too much. I'd want to track like actually, I'd want to track his, the serials that he has. Yeah. I love yeah. I love what I see like the serials <laughs> that do he's too. got. So. Uh, all right, Kramer is ready for his chaperone duties, and he is taking things super serial, uh, super serious. <laughs> um, anyway, um, and Elaine, you could see, I love seeing her in the background while Jerry is just, like, annoyed by Kramer being over the top and, like, you know, going to be like, no, 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 this is no funny business. You're, you're going to have good, clean fun. And Elaine is just, like, in the back with a huge grin on her face that I really appreciated. So. I think I was too too busy looking at his banana shirt. Kramer's banana shirt. <laughs> I loved it. Yeah. I, did, I actually didn't really notice Elaine in the background. Well, Kramer had some really good just he good good Kramer humor where he's kind of he is being a little bit extra physical mm-hmm. when he talks and he kind of brings up he can't even let Jerry can't get a word in because he's just like he's so um, amped up yeah by doing this y'all no good so. great Kramer energy this this episode yes. Yep. Hey everybody, Corey here. I just wanted to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages. Hey everybody, welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim, and with me today in studio is co-host Oh, hey, Dean. hey, Tim. Dean. Huh? Uh, this isn't a full episode. This is actually just an ad. All we have to do is tell everyone that our podcasts come out on Mondays and they can find us on their favorite podcatcher. If they're into movies, comics, or video games, they should definitely check us out. Oh, well then, thanks everybody for listening and we'll catch you next time. Talking Back. Hey everybody, I'm Corey. And I'm Zach. And we're the hosts of Podcasting After Dark a cast dedicated to late-night horror and sci-fi of the 80s and 90s, often found on HBO and Cinemax. You know, the movies your parents didn't want you watching as a kid. You can find us every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher. This is what you want. This is what you get.
Hello everybody, I'm Adam. I'm John. And every week we are giving you a blast from our past. We are the podcast that brings you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, album reviews, top tens, and more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. So please join us every single week on the Blast From Our Past podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, however you listen to podcasts, you can find us, and we would love to have you take a trip with us to the land of nostalgia. And now, back to the show. Uh, all right. On the date, Kramer is quizzing Karen on the question portion, um, you know, that she might be potentially getting. And he brings up, you know, poise counts. Poise Very counts. important. <laughs> poise counts. That's something that's going to be a running gag for this episode, at least with Kramer and her. Uh, he gives her whole all these pointers, all this kind of stuff. He's obviously into pageants. And uh, we find out her talent is apparently magic. Yeah. All right. Okay. So, uh, as Jerry goes wait, to the bathroom, wait, is this hmm. when is this when she says, or he's like, "What number am I thinking?" Oh, when Jerry goes to the bathroom, right? And that's when Jerry, <laughs> yes, when Jerry goes to the bathroom. So he, I'll say, he notices the Yankees game on TV, and the announcers are talking about they're wearing cotton uniforms. Uh, well, it is a natural fabric, haha. Yeah. But yeah, while they're alone, J- uh, Kramer asks her um, about what her, you know, her talent is magic, and he says. Uh, what's the number one through ten? Which is not magic. That's that's <laughs> telepathy <laughs> to read someone's mind. She's like six, and he's like five, but very close. <laughs> like, yeah, but between one and ten, not you're not close if you're just one. If you're one off, no. you either get it or you don't. But you know, he's he's all in at this point. Of course, he's he all is. in for Rhode Island success. So. Uh, the date is just ultimately fully taken over by Kramer becoming Karen's personal consultant and just trying to, like, coach her uh, with her pageant stuff. Uh, he doesn't even allow a kiss at the end. And we get a one of the few instances of foul language mm-hmm. on the show, uh, which we hadn't really seen since the, uh, the non-fat yogurt episode, uh, where, you know, as they, they drive away, we just kind of have the exterior shot of seeing a limo driving away. And, you know, Kramer's talking about something about the pageant and Jerry cuts in, shut the fuck up. And there's a car horn where the fuck would be. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's different. It's kind of funny because it was so different. I mean, they, they it got a good response from the audience. Yeah. You know, the, the, the TV audience. Yeah. So. And I mean, yeah. like, it was fine the way the, the scene ended because the, the daggers that Jerry was sending yep. at Kramer was great. And honestly, I liked this little punctuation at the end. Maybe just because it was something a bit little different than, than they usually do. But, you know, like, when they tried little different things, sometimes it's hit or miss. We criticized when, uh, was it, Tawny lost her toe and how weird and bad editing that was. Mm-hmm. But here they tried something different, and it worked. So I give them credit yeah. for that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the next day, Kramer comes to the apartment. Jerry mentions, well, if it isn't Mr. Blackwell, Mr. Blackwell refers to Richard Blackwell, who he is a fashion critic he was uh, the creator of the 10 Worst Dressed Women's List. Um, he's been referred to as the original red carpet bitch. Mm. He basically, he uh, intense kind of like he criticizes and kind of makes fun of, uh, you know, bad fashion faux pas. And like Kramer the entire time was criticizing uh, Karen the okay. entire night. And so I think that's what they were referencing with that. Um, I do, again great Kramer energy yep. where they're kind of yelling at each other. They get up all in each other's faces and, and even, whatnot. It's just, even Jerry yeah. goes, ah, yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, they have a, a really good 
back and forth and not quite an aggressive back and forth, but it is um, amped up, if you will. Yeah, and Jerry is always fun whenever he gets amped up about something, but it seems whenever he gets amped up with Kramer, he like mimics whatever Kramer sort of mm. does, and I, I just, I love that. I think it's fantastic. I love when Jerry's, ah! right in Kramer's yeah. face too and he's also it's it's you know it's righteous indignation he's he's right in this in, in this particular you know instant Kramer did screw him from you know he getting did. a kiss and getting some you know loving well well to also just to getting any date time yeah he took over the date yeah. completely and it wasn't a date at all it was basically Kramer getting you know a, a job to help out well not a job but Kramer just helping out uh, Miss Rhode Island yeah so George comes in, and apparently the Yankees did great. Um, he's all excited about it. You know, he quotes off some some quotes from the newspaper, which I always love. People saying, uh, Wade Boggs saying, what a fabric, or whatever. <laughs> Cotton is king. Just, just funny stuff. So George, he is way up high right now, super excited about, you know, his, his idea went off really well. So just making the fall that much bigger. Of course. In a little bit. Of course. So. Jerry invited George to Atlantic City with him because okay, so he's going to go. Hmm. Do you remember in the first scene around there, Jerry told George that he's going to Atlantic City. And yeah, here, I, I think so. George goes, wait, where are you going? And he's like, oh, Atlantic City. So, like, that was weird to me because I was like, wait, George already knew that he was going. And then they wrote hmm. these like this little dialogue here hmm. as if George didn't know. Yeah, I, I absolutely do remember they kind of mentioned it earlier. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's just George is so into his own stuff right now. I, I want to think that, but I think it was just a little bit off writing. Fair enough. George is going to join him, and they want to call Elaine to try to get her to join, mm-hmm. have like the whole gang there, basically. Uh, but he so Jerry calls. And we cut to Mr. Pitt having issues with the socks that she's gotten. And it's just it's too tight. Um, I actually really like this scene. I actually kind of really uh, equate to this scene and, <laughs> and the other one. Maybe I'll talk about it in the other time. But, well, it's just, yeah. Like, you, you get socks. And I, I, I enjoy good sock game. You know, like when people have, like, funky socks. Funky socks are really in right now. Yeah. And Part of the problem for me, I have big, sexy calves, as some people might know. We've had a whole calf off, um, but I lost the calf off, and, and I'll, I'll accept that. <laughs> but, but socks don't stay up on my calves all that well. They fall down. And so I have to either get, like, knee-high kind of socks to stay up the entire time, but usually you can only get, like, compression socks, and I don't want to be that tight the entire time. Um, and so it's like... Either that or you wear sock garters. And sock garters are for old people. <laughs> they, but you know what? Yeah. But you know what? I have a pair of sock garters, and when I want my sock game on, I will put them on and I won't give a shit. So I didn't get awesome fancy socks until a few years ago. Uh, Myra got me, or I got maybe a couple years ago, Myra got me a collection of the Stance uh, Star Wars socks. Stance, mm. S-T-A-N-T-Z. Um, and I, I guess, you know, they're supposed to be nice socks and everything. And you pull them up and they stay up. And then I have mm. a couple other kind of like Star Wars socks that, you know, aren't quite as fancy as the stance ones. And they fall down. 
So I yeah. guess so I guess I can totally relate to Mr. Pitt, but although naturally I'm more of an ankle sock kind of guy because you know go back to my look of the cargo shorts with the you know the grip look the cargo shorts with the the yeah. shorts you know and and you know ankle socks go better with that. But when I'm wearing jeans, I I love my stance. Uh, Star Wars socks, and we're not, we're not even getting paid by Stance because why would they want to feature us sleazy fucks? <laughs> but I will say, they stay up, unlike every other tall sock that I've ever worn. So I guess there is something to be said about quality when it comes to like actually, you know, like actually yeah. paying a little bit more uh, for socks. And too, I mean, they have great printing on those Star Wars socks, and they came in like a fantastic box. Like I didn't even want to like hmm. get rid of the box. That's when you know it's fancy when it comes in a fancy box. Sounds like you just gave my wife an idea for uh, for Valentine. We're recording well, the only for our anniversary gift this year, yeah. or for my anniversary gift this year. That'd be great. Yeah, the Acacia. If you want to get those for Adam, <laughs> I highly recommend them. They freaking rock, and they're comfortable as hell. They breathe. It's like literally everything you ever wanted from a sock. Are are they made from cotton or polyester? I mean, if they breathe, they gotta be cotton, right? <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> guess, all right. All right. So Jerry calls Mr. Pitt, and I love the way that he calls. He says, Hi, Mr. Pitt. Is Elaine there? <laughs> Is Elaine as there? if as, as if he's calling a friend's house and it's like the yes. parent. Yes. You know? Yes. That's exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and, it, and it's great on his end, but then it's also great on Mr. Pitt's end because he's not in on the joke. So he's just like, What? Here, I guess, <laughs> Elaine, here you go. Yeah. You can tell he's kind of confused and annoyed. Like, why the heck are you getting a call? Um, but. Elaine can't go out, you know, she's all kind of sad because she has to get socks. Mm -hmm. It's important. He really wanted them today. I did find it strange that, like, I thought they were going to spend the entire weekend at at Atlantic City. And she's like, can I get you socks tomorrow? But I'm like, I thought you were going to be in Atlantic City over the entire weekend. But whatever. Either way, um, it's cute. It's a cute scene of seeing just Elaine acting like a a kid and she can't go out. Not that she's grounded, but something like that. And honestly, like it's 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 such a fun thing that they're doing in this episode with it that I kind of wish they leaned into it even more. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You don't get too much more. Yeah, yeah that's pretty much the end of it, actually, right mm-hmm. there. So, all right. And uh, at the Atlantic City Hotel, Kramer goes over how to walk and goes over more test questions. Again, just being very over the top about poise. Poise, poise counts. counts. <laughs> I love how he rattles like swimsuit, <laughs> evening wear. <laughs> Uh, something and poise, <laughs> and then he and poise. His voice just like goes so high. I love it. Love how he says yeah. poise. Yep, he is absolutely on point with this episode. We get another scene of Elaine and Pitt having issues with the socks. I love it. I mean, this one's where Pitt's like throwing them off. I you know I want a decent sock that stays up and isn't too tight. And it's like, yeah, that's what we all want, man. It sucks when. When it doesn't happen, but he's he's dead on. <laughs> I, I didn't know at the time when I was watching that that I was witnessing Adam in like thirty yes. years. <laughs> it's absolutely true. I mean, I've got a lot of socks, and I, all right, my other sock rant is I have some other good socks that kind of stay up because they go up really high, but they only go up really high because the foot itself is so fucking big, and so when I pull them to like you know a full tight off the 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 heel, the heel's like way up on the top of my Achilles. It's like, well, what the fuck is that? Because when I pull them down to the right size, they, it's like the my foot is like a gigantic foot, and I'm like, I didn't buy the oversized foot version for me. I bought a regular version. Why the fuck are these gigantic foot people getting into my size socks? You know. 
Just an hour before we recorded this, I'm having lunch with my wife. She's yelling at me because her new shirts from Trader Joe's don't fit her shoulders. She's like, I don't know what's wrong with my shoulders. I got Adam over here yelling, I don't know what's wrong with my calves. I'm just like, guys, just by stance, just by stance. Just, yeah, there we go. <laughs> and by the way, your wife's shoulders are fantastic. They are uh, on point. So are Keisha's. Uh, yeah, good for your shoulders. All right. Uh, at night, these bird noises are keeping Jerry and George awake and, you know, to try and scare them off to get ready. He uh, pours some water on them to, and you hear them kind of flutter away, which is strange. But why are you sleeping with the window open in a, yeah. in a hotel in Atlantic City? First off, if it's wintertime, yes. it's freezing. If it's summertime, it's humid as fuck. Like, you're in a yeah. hotel. Turn the fucking AC on. That it, just... is, it is absolutely weird that the door, like, the, the first thought would be, how about you shut the door? Yeah. Before you start, you know, like, that's the first thing to do with the, with the sound of these birds. Yeah. But you're right. The door was wide open. Um, I mean, and, and, and just growing yeah. up on the East Coast, I was like, that's humid as fuck in there. That This is not yeah. like I was like, that's that's West Coast mentality right there. Nobody on the East Coast like sleeps True. with the window open like that. And that's one of the great things about going to a hotel is yeah. you blast the yeah. AC. <laughs> it's not your money, man. It's their <laughs> exactly. money. Exactly. They don't, they don't pay you by the electricity no. bill. Yeah. yeah. It's a flat fee. Yeah. Yeah. No. Nah. But uh, so. I do. I do like when Jerry gets back into bed because George is in the other bed uh, uh, next to him. And I love mm. how he says, good night, Ollie. And then he says, good night, good night, Stan. And of course, that is a Laurel and Hardy reference. Yep. Yes, it is. Good job on picking that up. All right. I, uh, I missed the all the other references before, so I'm glad I got that one. Okay. Good. In the morning, Miss Rhode Island, she's all upset and distraught because her doves are dead. Uh, uh-oh. <laughs> we know what that is. And she apparently left them outside, and she found them dead in a pool of water. Uh, Kramer thinks that they are murdered. And I immediately am like, how the fuck did water kill them? Like, it yeah. obviously wasn't if, – if it was really freezing cold, I would give it that the water – was poured on them and it was super cold and that somehow fucked them up, but they're not going to drown. The tiny little bit amount of water that he poured on them wasn't going to be enough to drown them. And if it wasn't cold enough, because I think it obviously wasn't that cold because Jerry had his window yep. or the door open the entire time. So it's like, how the fuck did those dumbass birds die? I never quite understood it either. And I truly can't come up with, like a logical way that it makes sense because we all know what bird cages look like. There's only yes. like an inch of at the bottom, you know. Like yeah. it would just other maybe the the force of the water knocked them all <laughs> it's unconscious. Like, one, be, like every single one of them knocked them all unconscious. It's one yeah. story. Yeah, and there's no way it could be more than one story. Yeah, Otherwise, it be, wouldn't hit yeah, it. Yeah, because you, and you, yeah, you. I mean. I'm not a scientist, but I don't think you hit terminal velocity in like like six ten feet. feet. Yeah, well, ten feet. feet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Whatever it is. Yeah. 12, 20 feet, whatever it is. But one, no way. Yeah, one story. Yeah. So I really don't know, to be honest with you. Unless unless there's a factor that we don't understand, like there's some sort of birdcage that we just don't know what it looks like, and that's what would be the case. But then I feel like they would have started that out by showing it to us, you know? So I think we're uh, supposed to just assume it's a regular birdcage. Then if that's the case, and doves get killed by water that way, then through ev evolutionarily speaking, they should not have even made it this far. <laughs> yes, if water is poisonous yes, to doves, yeah. they should not, through natural selection, yeah. basically, uh, and through evolution, they should not have lasted. The, the they're not aliens in the movie Signs, right? Like, water yes, does not exactly. kill them, so. 
Yeah. Uh, Kramer goes up to Jerry's room, tells him about the whole situation. You know, again, reiterating that he thinks someone murdered them. And that's when he sees, bum, 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 the container, the water container, the ice container that you usually have in a hotel yeah. room by the balcony. And well, no, then it's not cold because that ice melted into water. So yeah. it's not cold. That We, we can rule that out 100% completely. <laughs> it's tr- yeah. It's stupid. Yeah. But obviously Kramer here flips uh, because he now thinks Kramer or he, he thinks Jerry killed them on purpose um, at the uh, pageant. Karen, you know, decides she's going to have to sing for her talent and she's never sung before. Uh, did you notice that we got Regis Feldman's voice as the host of the pageant? OK, so I was like, that sounds like Regis Philbin, but like mm, probably isn't. So my brain was like, OK, is it Larry David? So every time he talked, I was like, is that Larry David trying to do a Regis Philbin? But it sounded like Regis. So they got I mean, Regis to do it. I didn't search any further because I heard the voice and I'm like, that is yeah. 100% Regis Philbin. And that's 100% what I thought. But I was like, well, why would they use that? But I guess, you know, maybe they did. Well, was he, Regis... He's already been on the show at this point. So he's probably, a, you know, a friend of the, you know, well, of the episode of the show. So. Was Regis Philbin the host of, of during this oh, time? Oh, he to- totally could have been. Okay. I don't know if he was, but he is that kind of guy oh, who of course. would have yeah. done yeah. that stuff. Of course. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, one of those New York uh, celebrity like, personalities. He's always working. You know, he was always doing like different things and stuff exactly yeah. like a like a dick clark-esque yeah. yeah. kind of guy mm-hmm. so so karen sings and it's god awful <laughs> yeah. uh, J- jerry and george are watching it on tv uh i do like their little lines here where jerry's like i heard those doves were really incredible george that's a shame mm-hmm. uh and then they swap to the yankees game and the uniforms are too tight mm-hmm. because they've been washed and as we know when cotton is washed they shrink Ha, ha, ha. Very funny. And so now they're playing like shit. And Jerry responds with exactly what George said earlier, but even a better, a little bit louder version of it where he's eating popcorn. That's a shame. Mm -hmm. And that is a that kind of gif of him doing that's a shame has become in my well, because we're in Seinfeld groups. I see it all the time. It's like a a reaction. gift. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, and so. and like before, I always love seeing the episodes that feature the gift mm-hmm. that I use regularly. Yes. So that was like, hey, that's a shame. And oh yeah, one hundred percent, you sent me that course, gift before. Of course, of course, <laughs> it's it's so perfect. It's so perfect. Yep. Yes, and I love actually seeing it here. And like you said, he delivers it well. But I also like the fact that you know it was a tit for tat sort of scenario, which is. Which is the stuff that we love, and as friends, yeah. you know, you do that. You, you, yes, your friend is going through some shit right now because of that, but you know, you jab him back a little bit, and that's what you do. That's what friends do, and it feels very yeah. natural, and I love it. It does absolutely. All right, we cut back to the pageant, and Karen is singing awfully, and uh, Kramer is trying to coach from the side again, talking poise, poise. poise. <laughs> so. And then we end with a stand-up on the Miss America contest. The Miss America pageant seems like a really tough contest. You know, you got to come out there in the bathing suit and the dress shoes. They got that sanitized for your protection toilet seat thing hanging off of them. I don't know what that is. Um, uh, it's the sash. Oh, 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 the sash. He's saying he's saying the sash is a sanitized for your protection. I think so. Okay. It's kind of dumb. Oh, because it goes over the toilet seat in hotel rooms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what he's talking about. Okay. I feel like they don't do that a lot anymore. I think it's because it's a waste of paper. 
Okay. Anyways, all right. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> all right. Anyways. Uh, you hippie? What do I care? <laughs> um, plus, I got to wear all the other outfits. I don't know why. The bathing suit is the contest. You win the bathing suit, you win. What is, what is the formal wear? Everybody looks good in formal wear. It's dark. It covers everything. That's why we have weddings in it. I mean, if we had weddings and bathing suits, a lot of ceremonies wouldn't get past the, if anyone sees any reason why these two people shouldn't be joined together in about eight hands will go up i like that one too i thought that was fun that was as okay well. i like the first one better yeah i'll say the baseball one was better yeah i i think so. if baseball one was better and obviously it made us talk more um but mm-hmm. i don't think either of them were were terrible stand-ups no uh absolutely definitely not terrible stand-ups all right and nor and was this a terrible episode i want you to tell me it wasn't in my opinion <laughs> Are you teeing up the, the listeners? Are you teeing me up? I, what is happening? I don't know. Right I was try, I was trying to get some kind of drama, <laughs> uh, but there's not. But our first episode of season six, Corey, would you please let us know your final thoughts on the chaperone? Oh my god, dude! I, I it hit all the criterias that I need. It had stand-ups that I very much enjoyed. I, I very much enjoyed both stand-ups. I enjoyed all the storylines that were happening here, but specifically, I enjoyed the business that everybody is doing. I think everyone has equally like fun things to do. I think they tie in well enough. You know, Elaine's feels a little bit outside, but it's it's okay. Like that's fine. It mm-hmm. still ties in because they try to get her to go there and everything. And there are like a couple little missteps that that we brought up just here and there. But I do not think that they in any way, shape, or form, uh, you know, bring this episode down. I think this is top tier. I think they hit the ground freaking running this episode this was season six opened it was like d-day the gates opened they just ran shooting (laughs) right out the gate not a single one of them got hit it's fucking fantastic honestly i give this five drowned doves out of five (laughs) all right uh yeah i very much mostly agree with what you just said um great storylines with absolutely everybody usually when we have these episodes someone is lost amongst the main four yeah. where their storyline just isn't as good. But Jerry and Kramer were very well intertwined with the whole Miss Rhode Island stuff. Um, you know, and he met her at a baseball game because George is working for the Yankees and he's doing his whole uniform debacle. Uh, Elaine and Mr. Pitt are just fantastic together. This episode had a lot of just really good things going for it. I did even like the baseball stand up, and um, that one, you know, was a bit of a standout for most of the standups. I don't even barely even pay attention to not going to lie. Um, I really enjoyed with this, this one for myself. And I was, I was so debating, debating. What the hell? Why did I, why, why did <laughs> I say it like that way? Sound, I, I liked how you said that debating, <laughs> debating. I was very much debating. Did I want to give this a five right away? Like we did the first episode of season five. And ultimately I pulled myself back a little bit and I don't know why, and I'm going to stick to my guns to what I wrote. I put a 4.5 out of 5 cotton jerseys. Um, but, I mean, I'm I'm still fighting the fact because it's hard to press much flaws with this episode. Fuck it. No, I'm going 5. Yeah! I'm changing my mind. I'm going 5 because, you know, what? when we talk about it, there's just not that much that's harsh with this episode. Everything intertwines. The writing is on point with this one. Kramer is on point. George has his highs, and then he has a glorious fall. And... Even Jerry does a really good job of, like, 
you know, his stuff is not the most interesting. If anybody has the weakest storyline, it might be Jerry for me, only because he's kind of sidelined by Kramer. But he is he is what brings in Rhode Island, Miss Rhode Island, which ties Kramer, and he's the star of, like, that whole situation. Um, but it's a great episode. And you kind of forget, you're getting a lot. You're getting the That's a Shame. You're getting yeah. the Mr. Pitt. You're getting the Jackie Onassis stuff. Like, this has some really good shit to it. Like, right before they went to Atlantic City, I, like, paused it, and there was, like, only, like, nine minutes left. I was like, are we still going to get the Dead Doves, or is this a two-parter? But no, they, yeah. they fit it in, and nothing felt rushed in this episode. Everything felt like it had just the right amount of time to breathe. All the jokes were great. Even the freaking—even the, the the manager, Buck, like, uh, he even mm-hmm. delivered yeah. his, a fantastic line. Now, that is remarkable because we've seen so many sports— actors just are sports people on tv shows that just can't act their way out of a paper bag and he just landed that one line i was like good <laughs> yeah, job dude yeah. and then if you could say the one problem we have is maybe uh george should have known that they were going to atlantic city but you and i didn't go back and like rewatch it like so mm. i don't know he might not have known in that first scene you know he might not have paid attention but regardless it doesn't matter that one tiny nano flaw doesn't take away from Honestly, just the gut feeling of how fun this episode was. And at the end of the day, that's what I walked away from this episode. Yeah. I was like, you know, I paused it to go, you know, right before I get the next one going, you know, went to go get a, grab a drink of water. And I was just like, oh, I just think I was like, man, Mr. Pitt's back. <laughs> like, he's, a, I love Mr. Pitt. Like, and, you know, and just, hi, Mr. Pitt. Hi, Mr. Pitt. <laughs> he's laying there. You're just like, damn, I love that shit, man. This is good. Yeah. Fun episode. And to top it all off, you used my backup, uh, which was, you know, cotton uniform. So, <laughs> dude, Dead Doves was my main one. <laughs> and then Cotton was my backup, Cotton Jersey. <laughs> well, now, now, at the end i've just started jotting down what my like what the raider is going to be not the number but like what the the not the uh, noun but the pronoun i guess or whatever you know <laughs> i don't know guys i'm not a fucking english expert <laughs> anyways <laughs> you know what i am an expert of podcasts what not i'm not an expert <laughs> podcast either <laughs> fuck me i got no you transition here good. buddy i got no transition uh, adam all right adam tell us about the blast from our past baby <laughs> I will. Um, You know what? I hope everybody out there listened to the Blast From Our Past RoboCop episode because on our hiatus, we dropped a lot of all the other different episodes from the BFOP network. And so um, you guys get a little idea of what we do on the Blast From Our Past network. We have uh, movie reviews, TV show reviews, fan castings. We also do top 10 lists. We also do album album review episodes. So um, everything nostalgia, typically from the 70s, 80s, 90s, maybe early 2000s with some of the stuff as well. Um, if you guys like anything in that era, I know you do because you like Seinfeld. You probably like other stuff in that era. Go check it out. I think you guys would really appreciate it. And that is the light. Now on to the dark. <laughs> the dark is podcasting after dark. And Corey, would you tell us about that? Yeah, of course, buddy. As you all heard uh, last week, um, you know, we we gave you the Trading Places episode. That was a bit more mainstream than what we normally do. Uh, th- this week uh, on podcasting after dark, we are reviewing a movie called Mutant, which came out in 1984 and features Wings Hauser. So it is a wild ride. Uh, I watched it for the first time and could not believe 
believe what I was seeing. And uh, we, we that's the kind of movies that we do over there. But we also interview celebrities. We uh, On the free feed, we have um, our interview with Thomas G. Waits. He played Windows in John Carpenter's The Thing from 1982. He also played the fox in The Warriors. He kind of has an unceremonious death in that movie. Uh, and there's a reason for that. And he talks about it on the interview that he does with us. And he is a fantastic human being. And I, I hope everyone checks that interview out with Thomas G. Waits. Another thing I hope everyone checks out is our pals Tim and Dean over at Talking Back. As you heard also, an episode from them last week, they talked about Back to the Future. And they just put out some fantastic content over there. They like to go through uh, sort of like chunks of things. So they'll do like a bunch of Predator stuff back to back. And then they'll do like a bunch of Alien stuff. But they'll also throw some comic book uh, reviews in, in between here and there. But they're always finding new and interesting, you know, stuff to talk about and all with sort of a nostalgic spin to it. So we hope that you guys liked that. We hope that you guys listened to Throwback Trivia Takedown. That was a great episode last week, too. Adam and John produce a fantastic show over there. And let me tell you, as someone who's done one episode of hosting it, it is not easy to, to run a, <laughs> a trivia uh, show. So my hat is off to you guys as, as a content, one content producer to another. My hat is off to you, man. You got my respect for that for sure. But it's also a fun and entertaining show. So definitely check that out as well. And all the stuff over the BFOP network and our Patreon, which we plugged at the beginning. So we don't have to plug that anymore. Right? Yeah. Yeah. We already talked about Patreon. Yeah. So that's it. Pay a dollar yeah. and get all of our back catalog. Pay five dollars and get our curb content. And, and the Do back it. catalog. Both. And the back catalog. Yeah, so there you go. Exactly. Rock and roll. All Do right. it. Do it. I don't know why you're not doing it. Just do it. <laughs> Alright, guys. Well, we will see you next week with the big salad. The big you had to have the big salad. <laughs> Both of us did the arm gestures, unfortunately. You guys could not see them. <laughs> we'll talk to you later. Have you been wondering where's the beef? Well, on our podcast, Throwback Trivia Takedown, you might just find that out, as well as some other things about the 70s, 80s, and 90s. We're a nostalgic-based trivia show that pits two challengers head-to-head in a duel of the decades, with categories ranging from movies, TV and music, to slang, food, and fashion. You're sure to get the best in retro-themed trivia. So strap on your jelly shoes, grab a surge, and walk like an Egyptian to your favorite podcast app and check out Throwback Trivia Takedown. I heard even Mikey likes it.